Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Rise and shine, rise and shine. Hey, hey, Artie, wake up. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're about to begin boarding. If we could ask for your cooperation, would you all please remain seated? Well, how'd you sleep last night? I don't believe that's any of your business. <laughs> if you go to a Bansy Fall and you want to have a Prince and Hansel all in pub with you, don't forget to slop your dripper. <laughs> Mr. Nightlinger, what's for breakfast? Dude, apples, bacon, and biscuits. Well, forget the apples. Slap some bacon on a biscuit. Let's go. You're on the high ground with Craig Flowers. T.Y. Henderson, good to be back in studio from the banks of 360. Good morning, my friend. Good morning, good morning. Allons-y. Good morning, Texas. Good morning, Texans. And everybody, getting here as fast as you possibly can. Oh, but remember why you're coming. Remember what you left. Oh, my, Seattle, San Francisco, and so on and so forth. And don't mess with Texas. Yes, indeed. There may be other states that are great. But as we know, there's only one great state. Learn it. Know it. Live it. Live, local, and digital from the banks of 360. AM 1260, 101.9, 104.9. Streaming live on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. My name is Craig Flowers. You are listening to The High Ground on the heels of the Big Ugly Tailgate and on the banks of 360 in the ATX, the capital of the great state of Texas. T.Y. Henderson pushing the buttons, as they say, up in Schenectady. CB. Next to Luling listener, E, Eric out there, probably the biggest fan of this radio station, 104.9. Seated to my right, your left, the man with 10 combat deployments, a very special operations helicopter pilot in both the Army and Navy. Yes, he was an Aggie, a UC Davis Aggie, a cornerback. Oh, he's the pride of East Austin with a hot and cold tub. Got it down to around 67, 65. I don't say that other number. Well, everybody's talking about him. Jamie. Frazier. I'm about talking about Jamie Frazier. Good morning, my friend. Good morning. How you doing, Colonel? Good. How's the shoulder? Did shoulders yesterday? Yeah. I kind of racked up my right shoulder. But, uh, I don't know. Shoulders, out. shoulders are a delicate deal. I had frozen shoulder, which is in medical terms called adhesive capsulitis. That'll change your life. That'll lock you up like an all-cheese guy. How long do you have that? It lasts about three or four months. One of the best doctors for adhesive capsulitis is right here in Austin, and his name escapes me. Hmm. Uh, but he has great YouTube videos on what, what adhesive is like capsulitis. The, what is the treatment for it? I mean, uh, 
these exercises up against the oh, okay. wall. Yeah. Uh, you do your fingers. You got to creep them up the wall. You get to about halfway. But I'm telling you, if you if you do get frozen shoulder, I don't want it. It will shut you down. You can't do anything with that shoulder, but it will free up eventually. But man, sorry, you have shoulder. The shoulders are. They'll keep you up from sleeping. Sleeping, yeah. It's like uh, jack you up. You just kind of roll over on your side, and you're like, oh, killing me. How? What? Well, I understand the latest podcast has dropped from from uh, Morty Unleashed. Studios. Yeah, Morty Unleashed on uh, Spotify and all your other platforms with uh, the Chief Texan. Oh, really? Have you not listened to it? Uh, not yet, but I'm I gonna... just dropped it. Uh, it was dropped on Friday. And uh, we've had a couple hundred uh, hits just on Friday. It wasn't even advertised. Well, a couple of the other ones you've done have had over a thousand downloads. No, not yet. Not. I mean, they just do an aggregate of how many people you have on. But man, it's good to be back here in studio. It was a little cool this morning. I'm up staying at a residence end on twenty two twenty two, quadruple deuce up there. The place is growing. Everything's growing up there. Everything's growing in the ATX. What are we doing? I don't know. Let's slow down. You know, Chiso's boots. We talk about them all the time. The chief Texan who was on Morty Unleashed Unleashed at the Clifford Studios in East Austin, um, he, he puts out these YouTube videos now. And the most recent one I thought was fascinating. I watched the whole thing uh, twice, in fact, learning about uh, the heel stack and how they do it old school and why it matters so much with the crafting of the most comfortable boot one can ever wear the Chisos boots, named after the Chisos Mountains in West Texas. The chief Texan, Will Roman, uh, just changing the whole, disrupting the industry with a quality boot that lasts for life. Get yourself a pair of Chisos boots. And, of course, Chisos boots, well, they bring us every Saturday morning from the banks of 360, the Chisos boots morning story. The morning story. Yesterday I had the opportunity, and what a privilege it was, to spend several hours with the teacher retirement system right next to DKR Stadium, right next to where the Longhorns play. And as I looked at the incredible view over at the ERS building right before we began our workshop, our leadership workshop that we had, a great group of folks there, Chad Nichols and leading that group, Barbie and Adria, met some, met a, met a, member of the TRS, Jamie, who had was an All-American at Ranger Junior College throwing the javelin. Alumni. It was great. I enjoyed the day yesterday. And downtown Austin, where was parking, was not an issue. But as I looked across at the, the great Longhorn iconic logo at the football stadium, I reflected back on, on a relationship that I had with a former quarterback at the University of Texas. Well, you know his father, Fred Akers. Fred's son, his late son, Danny Akers, and I were good friends. We spent a lot of time together. In fact, one of the slides I attribute to the work, the discussions that I had with Danny Akers. Danny passed away a few years ago here from cancer. Danny Akers was the fourth-string quarterback. He was a great high school quarterback, but he knew his role on the team. Danny was a humble player, member of the Longhorns, and he shared with me a story, and oh, we laughed. He loved telling the story. The starting quarterback for the Longhorns was out for the game. They were playing Baylor here in Austin. Of course, Danny was not going to get in the game. He was the fourth string quarterback. Oh, he had headsets on, a baseball hat, and a clipboard. He knew his role. He stood by his father, the head coach, and they moved up and down the sidelines. 
the second-string quarterback, started the game. And after about a quarter or so, the second-string quarterback goes out with an injury. Now the third-string quarterback is in the football game. At this point, Danny is asking if anyone knows where his helmet is. (laughs) Where is his mouthpiece that he never fitted? Had to borrow a mouthpiece. Found his helmet, but just wanted to make sure it was there in the event that the third-string quarterback got hurt. As the game continued, the third-string quarterback performed well. But, oh, he did get hurt. And suddenly, Danny Akers, number fourth string in the lineup, was called into duty. As he ran out on the field for the first time to take his first snap in college football, he was never going to start a game. And he called to play and got under center. Back then, everyone was under center. Little Danny Akers took the first snap. Oh, but he didn't. It was a fumble exchange, and Danny fell on the ball first down. Not a big deal. Happens often with new quarterbacks coming in, particularly an inexperienced fourth-string quarterback. So now it's first and ten. Danny calls the next play, gets under center, and, well, fumble exchange on second down. Danny falls on the ball. And now the fans at DKR, DKR, if you've been there, you know they start to rumble a little bit. They make start to make a little noise, noise that you don't hear too often. It's third and ten now. Danny Akers calls the play. Gets under center once again. And for the third time in a row, Jamie, Frazier, a fumble exchange. Danny falls on the ball, and as he's laying there, Covering the ball, he can hear the crowd beginning to moan, groan, and boo, unfortunately. And as he's laying there, rather exposed, a defensive back, a linebacker, perhaps a Mike, comes in and spears Danny Akers while he's laying there on the ground. It was a glancing blow. Danny was not hurt. But because of that, well... Now a 15-yard penalty was assessed. Yellow flag goes up in the air, and Danny looks at the sideline as the third-string quarterback has now caught his breath. He's shaking it off, and the third-string quarterback is running out onto the field. Danny Akers jumps up, runs off the field, high-fives the third-string quarterback re-entering the game, and flashes horns up. It's first down. Danny Akers flashing the horns up. He loved telling that story. And that's the Chiso's Boots morning story. The crowd cheered, Jamie. Taking one for the team. Right there. That's it. (laughs) He goes in. First and ten. Just need you get to get all we need you is to get speared. (laughs) Jump on in there. Spearing target. Oh, yeah. The living. Oh, he was great. He was so fun to be around. Always positive, even up until the end. His sister, a great, successful real estate agent here in Austin. And I got to spend some time out at uh, Horseshoe Bay with the Akers family. They had a place out there right on the water. and Oh, um, Coach Akers and his wife. And Coach Akers, of course, is no longer with us either. But it was fun to go out there and, uh, and spend some time and talk about all the great things that occurred back in those days. Danny Akers was a, was a good little athlete and had a, had a great heart. We're going to have Mark Brooks on, former PGA player. Uh, Mark Brooks, who knows Sepaz and... Everybody knows Ben, yeah, Everybody and uh, boy, he's got, he's got a great reputation, Mark Brooks. And I thought about having him on here today, but I thought it was a little close to the fire to have someone on like Mark Brooks 
a little close to the fire. Well, I mean, you got an exciting day. TCU, Super Regional. It is, and I'm heading down right after this. I'll be staying with Jeff Fry tonight. In fact, we're going to go an hour before the game. We're going into the ESPN studio with Greg Olson. Uh, Greg Olson was a, a major league pitcher for a long time. It's funny because Frito, Jeff Fry spent, um, I think, Wednesday night with Greg Olson and the um, play-by-player announcer in the booth. And Greg Olson was going, you know, I know so many rosters, particularly in the SEC, where it just costs more. And, but I don't know the TCU roster. Wow. <laughs> and he goes, I got to figure, I, I, and fans expect when you're the color guy to know the ins and outs. Sure. And what I thought was interesting is yesterday, if you watch that game, the Frogs won the game 4-1. to one. Um, I do think it was probably a blessing that uh, they had a, a home run hit, you know, in the ninth. Boy, that was that ball was smoked too. But I think that was kind of a general reminder, like, don't take this game for granted. I thought it was amazing. We talked about the the big a big ugly tailgate. How nice the oh, fans! How ugly it is. Yeah, how nice the fans were in TCU once they found out they were going to get the the super regional at TCU. Right, and then they went up and supported the uh, the Special Olympics that were basically. Uh, preventing them to Indiana from playing it up there. Yeah, so now it's now it's near uh, now it's near about uh, forty thousand dollars. That's great. Uh, that they, um, the Fort Worth community has given to the Special Olympics there at Terre Haute. But you know what? What I don't understand is every year, I try to put myself in the in the athletics department <laughs> with the athletics director. Remember the difference? Not an athletic director unless he's athletic. It's the director of athletics or athletics director. I try to put myself in their shoes because they scheduled this. Yeah, we mentioned that too. It's every like, year. Are you? Are you? They not, host it. Yeah. Do you not have any faith in your team? <laughs> I suspect that date will move yeah. in 2024. But we, um, we I loved. We, we had the Special Olympics at West Point on the banks of the mighty Hudson River every year, and that was such a great community. It really drew the Hudson Valley together and. And it was just such an authentic uh, event that everyone got behind. All the kids got to, all the uh, cadets got behind. And yeah, support it's great. Yeah, it was, it was remarkable. I'm looking at my little list here, of uh, you know the teacher retirement system. Boy, what a juggernaut of a program that is, Jamie. You know they serve nearly two million teachers across the great state. Oh, it's like one point nine and change. Unbelievable, um, taking care of those that take care of the education system. And we need that. We need that for sure. We'll be back from the banks of 360. T-Y. You never can't tell who we're going to have here on the Banks of 360 on the high ground. Good morning. Mark Brooks is going to join us, not today, but very soon. I'm going to let that little topic of professional golf cool down a little bit before we have Mark Brooks on. And then we're going to have the offensive coordinator for Hardin-Simmons University in Abilene, Texas. Coach White is going to be on uh, with us 
uh, probably next Saturday. I've been, as you know, Jamie, I've been out in Abilene at the air it out. The whole month of June essentially is air it out quarterback and receiver camps where we roughly have 120 to 150 uh, junior high and high school quarterbacks and receivers. And I saw a picture you had of uh, Mike Thomas. David. Oh, yeah. David Thomas. Yeah. yeah. David Thomas, who, you know, he was a high school quarterback at Friendship High School and was projected to be, since the beginning of seventh grade, was going to be the starter at Friendship High School. And then Art Bryles got the uh, got um, hired uh, at Tech, and his son, Kendall Bryles, also a quarterback, a very different body type than David Thomas, if you recall. And Kendall Bryles ends up being the starting quarterback. And David was asked to go play tight end. And David has told me many times, and he tells these young men, just because you're playing quarterback or receiver now doesn't mean that's the position that your team is going to need you to play when the season starts. And David says, you know, I didn't handle that very well. He said, I didn't even talk to Kendall Bryles for several weeks. And he's on my team. He's going to do the name starting quarterback. And he said, as I reflect back on that, with an underdeveloped prefrontal cortex, that was a, I behaved poorly. And, of course, David Thomas became legendary, one of the only receivers, tight ends, to have caught touchdown passes in both Super Bowls from Tom Brady with the Patriots when they went 16-1 and when the catch from Big Blue, the crazy catch that their one loss for the Patriots, and then he caught passes from the great Drew Brees, which Johnny Rogers is solely responsible for. Drew Brees' rise to greatness. If it weren't for Johnny, Drew would never have made it in the league. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So uh had the Chief Texan on my podcast. Will Roman, right? Yeah. And uh he What'd you guys talk about? About Will Roman. He's an interesting, interesting, an interesting individual. Cat. He's yeah. like Ty, Ty Henderson. He's got a lot of a lot of sides to him. Got a lot, a lot of, of sides to him. And never the straight path. It's always a journey with him wherever he went. But uh you know, I think he would have been an entrepreneur in whatever whatever field he picked, he would have done well in. Yeah, I agree. And it just ended up being cowboy boots. And uh, in fact, we we actually need to do a fund me site for Cheesehead's boots to get Aaron some cowboy <laughs> what boots. What is E Hogan thinking? I'm gonna have to. Uh, I love Aaron. He's a good guy. Yeah, but there's no zippers in cowboy boots in rodeo. Hogan, work with me, brother. You're a baseball <laughs> what you, guy. What, what size boots do you have? We will get them to <laughs> we you. We gotta get some. Bucky some looked cowboy. on the promotion. Bucky, Bucky looked, looked the part. He looked the part. He looked the part. And that we're talking about the the promotion of. Uh, for the gamblers, the Austin Gamblers uh, professional bull riding team. Um, yeah. There's a great green screen, screen shot of E. Hogan on the back of a bull and and Bucky. Bucky, chopped you know, up. Yeah, Bucky looks like a cowboy. He looks but like if you a, zoom in on E. Hogan's boots, you see that they're not cowboy boots. <laughs> they're zipper boots. I didn't know that. There's only one. There, you know. Somebody zoomed in and sent it to me and goes, what the heck is this? And I was like. I don't know. I, there's only one zipper in bull riding, and it's on your vest. Yeah, your fleck vest. It ain't on your boots. No. So Hogan's got to get some boots. We gotta get him, I mean, we got to get him on some Cheezos, you know. Bucky's Bucky, got some Cheezos. Yeah, yeah, Bucky's wearing Cheezos. Bucky has Cheezos. He's got the number twos. 
And, there's uh, there's absolutely no reason. I that. still need to get myself a pair of Jesus. I'm Easy. telling you, it's a boot for life. It's the most comfortable boot you'll ever wear. I mean, I, I wore them at our wedding. Yeah. And I, I say our wedding, our daughter's wedding. Which, what number did you wear? I wore the uh, I wore the wild caught Texas Gator boots oh, okay. with the tuxedo, yeah. the black with the iconic, subtle but present little red stripe on the heel stack. Texas Gator. And then Kirk Godby, founder co-founder, of don't tell my watch stables. Uh, he wore his his number ones, black number ones, Chiso's boots at his daughter's wedding in Fort Worth. Uh, they just said, Hogan, come on, E. Yeah. We love E. I love you, man. If it weren't for you, hey, I wouldn't guess, be sitting here. Hey, Aaron. Get you some boots, bro. Aaron, we know a guy. We do. <laughs> his name's Will Roman. We know a guy. Yeah. Uh, no, but uh, Will just had that uh, big event that he has out every uh, game of the summer. It was a lot of fun. They had uh, Comanche Moon playing uh, Cowboy Diplomacy, and it was sponsored by Nine Banded Whiskey. It was it was a good time. Yeah, never have a dull moment up there at the uh, Chiso's headquarters. What's the address at Chiso's headquarters? Thirty five oh seven South First Street, Austin, Texas, right there off First Street. And just go to Chiso's dot com. You can learn more. But he's got such great content on his YouTube stuff. I love the way he just brings the information to you too. I mean, it's real. <laughs> yeah. He's got quite a following. I mean, it's uh, he's got twenty or thirty thousand uh, Chizos, you know, watchers, listeners. He's got a whole community. Community, yeah. <clears throat> the the chocolate ostrich number twos, which is that square toe, but it's just it's square enough that it's not a snip, but it's not the flat uh, square with those boots made in China. Yeah. Um, that it's it's in between. He calls it a ranch boot. And that chocolate ostrich number two, and, and the boots are named, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six after like oil rigs. Right. And at the Kentucky Derby, one of the guys was, was wearing the number twos in chocolate ostrich. Nice. And I was like, dude, that's a great looking boot. He gets those from uh, South Africa. Yeah, the, the, the ostrich. The ostrich. Skin. And evidently, it's like beef. With ostrich skins, yeah. they grade them out, like select, choice, or prime. Yeah. And he only brings in prime. The best. He said he wanted to start a ostrich farm in the, my backyard. <laughs> he says he thought that the loose rules for you can have chickens anywhere you want. You got, here chickens, in Austin, you got chickens next door. And we just, all we need to do is just tell them that they're just very large chickens. I mean, you're a, you're a driver in a four iron <laughs> from uh, Dishfalk. Yeah, just it'd stadium. be perfect. I need yeah, I need ostriches. And you got chickens next to you, six foot, six foot tall chickens. That's yeah. right. And you need to you need to get a Nunley in there too because it'll have a calming effect <laughs> on all the animals. Yeah, yeah, I need Nunley. That'd be perfect. What I love about your backyard is you got wild growing bamboo. It looks like something out of Korat, Thailand, <laughs> growing in your you you could make you could make uh, cane poles, which is the most one of the best memories that I've ever had is catching these giant perch. I mean, they're bigger than your hand in Vicksburg, Mississippi, with a canister of crickets and a cane pole. You've been to Karat, Thailand? I have. Have you? Really? I saw you flinch when I said my, that. Well, no, my dad was based there. He uh, was? Yeah, during Vietnam. They were flying. Uh, was, that was the second tour in Vietnam, and they were yeah. flying uh, Laos, Cambodia, and Vietnam uh, gunship missions. They still have a, I think it's a C-130 that is, what do they call it when they trash a 
plane when they scrap it or yeah. yard it or something. Okay. But it's just like in the middle of Karat, like near restaurants and stuff. And everyone, you know, it's, it's like going to Vegas, getting your picture by the Vegas sign. You got to get your picture by the C-130. by the American aircraft that's there. But it, they have it all fixed up, and I think you can actually go in and tour it. Chisos, Tom McKay's asking Chisos, C-H-I-S-O-S, after the Chisos Mountain Range in Big Bend, Texas. That's it. C-H-I-S-O-S. Yeah, he was. Uh, he really got. He dove deep. We had him on for I don't know an hour and a half on the uh, on Morty Unleashed podcast, but it was fun, and uh, we were there with uh, PhD astrophysicist Joe Myring, asking uh, the chief Texan all sorts of questions. But his his course becoming a we'd call him a cobbler. I mean, he's in charge of, but his choice is to get all the way into uh, boots. Crazy. Just crazy. What do you mean? His oh oh that, that he could have done. Well, he, well, could he, have done he came from technology, but I think the well, reason. Well, no, he actually got he's got a degree in like filmmaking. Oh, that's right. Out of University of Texas, and then yeah. he went into tech, and then he went into blockchain, cryptocurrency, and you know there's a few steps that I'm missing in there. Yeah. But uh, then he's like, you know, we, I really need to get a good boot. But, but it, his story. It, it was out of need too. It was kind of yeah. like the, the the birth of Rev Gum here yeah. in Austin. Yeah. Um, you know, founder couldn't. The, the founders of Westlake Chaparral that could not um, eat sugar because he was a diabetic. Yeah, so that's, exactly. Yeah. And 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 you know, Will Roman couldn't wear cowboy boots because his back hurt him. Yeah. So he said, "I'm gonna make a pair of cowboy boots that feel good." Yeah, Blake Blake Settle, right? Who went to high school with our daughter? They were classmates, good friends. Was a diabetic, majored in chemistry at the University of Texas. Did not like coffee and could not find a caffeine delivery system. That didn't have. That sugar. didn't have sugar. Right. And he said, "I'm a chemist. I ought to be able to make something here." So, um, the birth of Rev Gum, now the fifth largest gum company in North America, Austinites, and now in every Walmart and Bucky's, Bucky's, Seven Eleven, and every military base around. I get all these pictures from my daughter from like. Wurzburg, Germany, and Nuremberg, and Ramstein. I can't believe Rev uh, Rev Sports isn't uh, isn't talking to Rev Gum. <laughs> oh, Rev Dub, Rev Dub. Yeah, Rev Dub. That's so funny. Um, yeah, so I'm going to head down to Fort Worth right after the show here. All right, is the whole gang going to be down there? Yeah, yeah. It'll be. We'll be. It, it will be. We're right by the visiting team. Right by the visiting team's um, bullpen. All right. right down the. First baseline, right before you get to the bullpen, right about shallow right field, we have a patio. We call it the patio three. We ought to call it the frog pad. And there will be a bunch of alumni, and they've built it now so that you can actually watch the game with seats and stuff. And so I'm looking forward to getting down there. I've been uh, Trump, I've been we have a little rhythm and routine. You know how baseball guys are, and so. Kirk Sarlos and I, the head coach there, we kind of text back and forth, but it's exactly the same text and exact re- same response. Um, just trying not to disrupt the the momentum because, as we know, in baseball it can shift pretty well, quick. The University of Texas out there so, in California. Or you, or you found that out. Yeah, I've been yeah. to that stadium. Yeah. It is sunk in, into the ground. Beautiful stadium. The Cardinal. The Cardinal. One of, the, one of the great texters, one of the great texters, 
corrected me early on my radio show, our radio show here six years ago, when I said, um, when I said, what did I say? Someone's texting me here. Oh, I said, um, the Stanford Cardinals. Cardinal. Yeah. And and said a great texture. He goes, hey, dude, it's Cardinal. And I go, you're right. It just shows you my, my knowledge of California schools. That, that that campus is beautiful. Have you been there? I have been there. I've never been to the stadium, though, the uh, baseball stadium. Man, I've never been a bigger Longhorn fan than I am this afternoon. I want this to be two W's and get the heck out of there and let's go to Omaha, which could, if you look at the brackets, and I don't think the, the committee designed it this way, and perhaps they're going to mix it all up when teams get to Omaha, but I'm knocking on wood, folks, actually pressed wood, but... I wonder if TCU and the Longhorns could be on opposite sides if everything happens the way we hope that it goes. We need uh, there's some wiping that needs to occur. There's three games that have to occur before that. Did you get to watch uh, present itself? Did you watch the Oregon game at all? No. Um, Yeah, I I, I ended up going with Woody Englander to uh, and his friend uh, Tracy to uh, Jules. Which is a, a really cool bar in the Hill Country Galleria. I'd never been in there. I've been to the Hill Country Galleria a thousand times. Mm. And I went to uh, the sushi place, and the sushi chef, <laughs> who goes by the name of Bill. <laughs> All good sushi chefs are name. Bill. <laughs> he, said he, he said he went by Howard for a few years, and then he changed his name to Bill because he was more American. So we went off the menu at Taragashi, I think it's called. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not saying that right. But it's there right by the movie theater in um, the Hill Country Galleria. And he went off the menu. He goes, I have stuff if you trust me. And I said, Bill, William, send it. And he started making these things. I sat at the bar, which was I didn't realize the benefits of sitting at the sushi bar. And, man, we, I just had a great had some sake and great sushi. And then Woody Englander goes, hey, come on and you know join me and Tracy over here at Jules. I go into this little bar and Jules, that place was packed. They had live music. You would love it, Jamie. I couldn't believe it. There are a great bunch of Austinites in there, about our age. Too far fact. Too far from the east side. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And I, man. I don't happen. Uh, but, but getting into the working with the teacher retirement system yesterday there was no traffic i got there like 45 minutes 30 minutes early than i was supposed to get there because school out, yeah i thought oh my, you know my biggest concern was it was not driving from abilene thursday night to get back here for the deal it was my my biggest concern was parking and traffic turns out that w- that was stupid well that's cuz you had the oklahoma plates I've got a Texas flag right above those temporary <laughs> Oklahoma plates. I promise you that. Uh, all right. We'll be back from the banks of 360. I want to read this text we got here on the uh, text line. T, what? Send it. Views expressed on this program do not reflect those of the horn or any other sane human being. I love the nightlife. <laughs> I love my bud life. I like I'm cold. Oh, it's so funny to hear that. 
Every time I hear Trace Atkins' voice, I'm reminded of some of the conversations we had. He's got nothing but daughters. I have nothing but daughters. Second daughter just married. I call that the second leg of the Triple Crown. Third leg coming up. T.Y. Henderson pushing the buttons, as they say, in Schenectady. T.Y., you had a great week. Anytime that you engage in the B&E show, you bring depth, knowledge, and color to that B&E show. And you ought to do it. You ought, to, you ought to do it more. I mean, your timing is impeccable, as we just said. T.Y. Henderson has got a great future in radio. And, you know, when you, I, I'm kind of reminded of BK. BK now down in Houston. I mean, you could tell, obviously, there was a talent there and a depth well beyond just pushing the buttons. And now he's doing great in Houston. And whenever you hear T.Y. Jamie, you know, contribute to a show and we need more ty probably less of me <laughs> he's uh, more he's pretty amazing on his depth of knowledge of all the sports yeah exactly it just cracks me up you know it could be hockey it could be baseball football uh soccer anything my Golf. knowledge of the nba kind of fizzles out it was really strong in the 70s Really? Oh, yeah. Jojo White. I mean, Havlicek and really? uh, Walt Frazier and uh, Chocolate Thunder and, uh, I mean, go on and on. Um, then Luau Sender, now Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And, uh, but I, I just love the NBA. But back then it was, you'd hear this little song, you know, time out for the NBA game of the week. And I just I hung. Now I got nothing. It, I stopped at Jordan uh, when, when he shut it down. Anytime the Bulls were playing. I mean, that kind of stopped everybody just to watch, see what he was going to do. And then a little bit of LeBron early because it was just off the charts. But then now I just I uh, I have better uh, things to do with my time uh, than the uh, did NBA. Did you did you get to see the the movie Air? No, you should I heard, watch it. I heard y'all it's, talking. It's about very that. it's very good. And and uh, the the funny part about that is the actor that played Michael Jordan in uh, the movie. You never see his face. And he he has like you see the back of his head yeah the whole time yeah because it's more it's more about uh, the moves and everything to to get him to uh, sign with um, Nike and you see a lot about his you saw how involved his uh, Michael Jordan's mother was in getting that done and she was really the manager of you know of helping Michael you know get to and she's a very smart lady has there ever been an interview with her of what her thought process I'm sure was there has. what I made just, her I, do that. Yeah, I just I haven't seen it. I, I'm sure there's had to be because, I mean, that, that was such a um, – it, it changed the entire, you know, contracting system for sh- for shoes and where people are going. I mean, Nike was not in basketball. You know, they had like, I don't know, 10 or 15% of the players that were using uh, – it was big on Converse and then big on Adidas. Those are the two monsters that were in the uh, NBA. And uh, Nike was just this tertiary, you know, small guy, and they're they're all into running shoes. You know, everybody, all the running shoes, they they held the big market. But Pegasus, Pegasus, that was their big run. But I mean, shoe. Converse, I didn't even really remember that. But then, uh, then when they brought it back, it was like Michael uh, uh, Magic Johnson and Bird were both Converse guys, and Nike ended up, you know, later on purchasing Converse. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that either until I saw the movie. Huh. Yeah. But uh, no, that's a great movie. But you know, the name Nike was just—it it came out of 
it's kind of like Oakley sunglasses. Oakley was named after the founder's dog. He had two dogs, Oakley and Shadow, and he named what the was company it, uh, Oakley. La, La Fontaine was his uh, the runner that was up in Oregon that was the Nike guy. Yeah, but oh. when they when they before they had the name Nike, they sent an an advance scout team over to China. Yeah. And they were getting all everything lined up. They didn't have a name for the company. And they made an international phone call back, which, you know, probably cost $150 back then, <laughs> and said, hey, they're asking for a name of the company. And one of the co-founders goes, okay, hold on a second. It was like T.Y., you know, after yeah. late night. He's like, hold on, I'll come up with something. <laughs> and they go, uh, Nike. And they go, what? Yeah, Nike. And the guy goes, how do you spell it? <laughs> and he spelled it, and he said, yeah, it's the god of something. Yeah. And uh, victory or something like that. And uh, that's how it came out. It was it, There wasn't a whole lot of thought to naming the company, kind of no, like Oakley it's, Sunglasses. Like It's it's also funny. If you, if you look at the like the Nike swoosh, it's like we see it all the time. Where it's, it's not a big deal. But when you first when it first came out, you're like, who came up with like a swoosh? And what's that named a swoosh? When did it become a name swoosh? Yeah. But if I said like draw me a swoosh, you'd draw me a Nike picture of the Nike. Thing. You're right. It's crazy. It's like Kleenex Xerox, that whole thing now. Yeah. Adidas. The Adidas and Puma factory, they're in Europe. When we lived in Germany as a little kid, it was always a big, big deal when we went to two places, three places. The candle factory, mm-hmm. candle. I mean, they make a lot of candles. Okay. <laughs> You're getting really big in space. Okay. They're getting really big in candles over in Germany. We'd go to the candle factory. Then we'd go to the Gumi factory. Americans say gummy. The, in German, it's Gumi Baden. We went to the Gumi Baden factory, and you could buy boxes by the kilo of fresh Gumis. And then with the third leg of the Triple Crown, we'd go over to the Adidas or Puma factory. And that was a big deal back then. No Volkswagen. Nine. 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 We never went to the uh, Volkswagen. I always like, uh, Germany always reminds me because we were always going to Germany, then jump from uh, Ramstein. When you were flying? Yeah, into, we yeah, we'd catch a ride from the Air Force over to Iraq in Ramstein. And it's just never really know how clean a city, I mean, just, it was very clean back then. Um and uh, sure same was like Japan too. It was just like amazingly clean. even their forests. Yeah, I mean there there's no limbs and stuff and underbrush <laughs> laying around. Jeff Fry just texted. We were the word we were looking for was decommission an airplane. Decommissioned aircraft. Yeah, probably just crashed there. Decommissioned I don't itself. Know the history, decommissioned it, itself. I have no idea. There it was in Korat. Korat. K O R A T. Korat. Korat. Uh, people asking about confidence game, our little horse. He's going to run again. Oh, he's a, remember he was the youngest three year old in the Kentucky Derby, and his best racing days are ahead of him. We don't yeah, know when that'll be yet. But tomorrow is the uh, Belmont up in New York. Yeah. Um, is it tomorrow? I don't even know. Yeah, we're not running in it. But right. it's the longest of the three. And uh, odd times right now. That that Preakness was weird. And there's odd times running. all over the place. Live golf with. PGA, that's interesting. I'm struggling with that whole deal. I, you know, it comes down to dollars. That's all it does. And it, you know, I hate to say that, but I mean, it's a professional sport, and you know, they have their money in there. I, it, a lot of people do a lot of back steps when they're, you know, 
at war with each other, and now they're they're kind of men in defense. So it's still it still has a lot of moving parts. So wait to see how. I don't think this thing's done yet. Mm, no, I don't know. Hey, you know what I carry with me wherever I go? Cheese boots. But yes, I always have the cheese in my truck. But I'm, I'm looking over here on the ground of the studio here on the banks of 360, and there's there's a doorstop laying here. And I always carried a doorstop with me wherever I went. So you could put it in your room as a yeah. lock. Not door. a door opener. No. Locks and door. I was talking to a teacher in Abilene. Uh, we were trying to get in the cafeteria at Wiley High School to serve lunch to these 130 receivers and quarterbacks. And I said, uh, hey, I said, look look what I carry in my backpack or my briefcase with me all the time. It's, it's a security measure. It's a little rubber doorstop. And she said to me, "Oh, we can't we can't ha- carry those uh, because um, we're not allowed to prop doors open." And I said, "Oh, oh, sister, you're you're missing out on the other end of this. I don't right. carry a doorstop to keep a door open. Yeah, <laughs> I I carry it with me as a security measure, and so do our daughters to keep a door closed. Sure. Um, and it's a it's a cheap little thing, but." It's a it's a handy. I mean, just drop a doorstep, kick it in, door isn't opening. I mean, eventually it could, but given some physics, but it's a it's a quick little determinant. Deterrent. What else was I going to tell you? Today? I don't know. Little tricks of the trade. No, they don't. I'm surprised. <laughs> Ruts. 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 I I told this story yesterday over at the TRS. And I don't know if you went through this, but. Before we went over to serve in embassies, yeah. we had to go out to this racetrack in West By God, Virginia. So oh. we're going to the diplomatic attache course you're doing def- in, in you're Washington, D.C. Uh, offensive driving. <laughs> A very offensive. offensive. And we're learning reverse yeah. J-turns, forward J-turns, how to crash cars and break through barriers when you're blocked by cars. It's a fascinating two days of training, which is why I do not recommend <laughs> buying a rental car. Because you don't know if someone like me has been in it doing all sorts of goofy stuff in a training environment. But before they, you know, put you in a vehicle and put a race helmet on and start learning how to do all these maneuvers in case you ever need them in a far off place, you pick a stand. Um, they they do some classroom work. And one of them said, um, do you, you remember when you're a little boy or a girl riding a bicycle and you're front wheel of the bicycle would get caught between the sidewalk and the grass yeah and it seemed like no matter what you would do as you pedaled that the tire would never come out of that rut and they said well the reason you that happens is because you're staring at the rut you're looking straight down at the rut and your tire and that's where you're going to stay you have to look at where you want to go then you'll come out of the rut, and then we get in cars, and they actually prove that out. But I started thinking about that on these long drives that I have to make across the great state. That applies to life as well, T.Y. Do you know Do you know what the difference between a four-wheel drive and a rental car is? Tell me so we both may know. There's places you won't take a four-wheel drive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Take a rental car any place. Yeah. That's it. That is as long true. as you get the insurance. If you get the insurance, then you're good. Thank God for U.S. Hey, hey. Um, <clears throat> but it's the same thing in life. You know, if, you, if you're stuck in a rut, quit staring at the rut. The reason we hit a pothole is because we're looking at the pothole or the armadillo or the little skunk that I almost hit on the way in. T.Y., we'll be back with the final segment. T.Y. pushing the buttons. Are you good back there? Please, boy. 
Oh, yeah, it will cross my mind after this segment. Headed to the Fut, Futworth, F-U-T-W-U-R-T-H, Futworth, where the Flying Tea Club, the old school, that's right, Southwest Conference fans, Southwest Conference fans of the conference, as we called it, Ty Harrington. The conference, oh, we flew that flying tea. That was a great, iconic day. You know, I, I hear Johnny Rogers, Chaparral, undefeated state champion, et cetera, et cetera. And it's just silly comparing the two, uh, the two schools, TCU and Texas. I mean, we're talking about a giant, massive, School, the iconic Longhorn, and then a little old private school with 10,000 students in Fort Worth. I mean, you can't compare the two. I mean, everything good happens in the great state when the Longhorns are winning, and I hope they sick it to them today that the Cardinal in the sunken stadium out there where the strawberries do taste better than they taste most anywhere else. The fruit out there is awesome. Where? In California. California. Yeah, a place that I probably will never visit again. But um, I did I don't, visit you know, there. Visiting, fine. I don't. I don't. Maybe no. San Diego. Yeah, I'll be there at the end of the month. Yeah, that's yeah. where you're headed. San Diego, four days. I've never been to San Diego either. We lived in Monterey, California, at the Defense Language Institute. DLI, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. That was an incredible year. It was not supposed to be a year. I was only supposed to be there for six months learning a foreign language. Really? It took me a little longer. <laughs> The, the, it was, I just, my, my ear never, I couldn't, I couldn't understand. Clint Eastwood used to be, uh, I'd, we'd see him all the time. Yeah. He's 93. Yeah. You'd 93. see him all the time in, in Monterey. He was You'd the governor him. of Carmel. The mayor, I think. The mayor yeah. and the governor. Yeah. The mayor of Carmel. Yeah. yeah. You'd see him all the time. I yeah. mean, it was a great year other than the fact that I had to take eight hours of French every day and had three hours of homework every night. And yeah, Planet Ord was still up and running. Ford there. Ord, yeah, I had yeah. to, and I got recycled. First time I've ever been recycled. I take that back. I got recycled in aerosol school, too. Cause Is really? I, For what? Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I slipped off the, I'm hanging off the. Off the tower? No, I'm in the aircraft. Oh, you I'm did? I'm in a helicopter. Did I'm you on poss- the skid. Did you possum? So, when you rappel out of a helicopter, on there the are day. typically four people, two on each side of, in this case, it was a Huey. Right. And you stand out on, on the, the skid, skid. Right. And then, so I, Your pike I'm, position. I'm eager to please. And so when they give the signal positions, I get out on the skid first. Right. Well, these other three young soldiers... We're a little hesitant. Rocking the canoe. And so I'm the only one out there on the skid in the aircraft. I'm told by pilots, you would know, that one of the most difficult things to do is hover. And I, I mean, it kind of rocks. It's like rocking a canoe. Hmm. You know, if you guys don't get out on the skids at the same time, you know. Well, they did not. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm the first one out there. And I'm holding 110 feet of rope sure. behind my back. And I'm waiting for these three knuckleheads to get out on the skid with me. And the canoe is rocking right. up about, I don't know, how high are we? 120 feet? feet? Yeah, and I couldn't hold it anymore. And the rope starts to come around my hip. And I <laughs> I fell off the skid, right. hit my head on the skid. It knocked my helmet off. Ugh. 
So my helmet's come, is now a missile headed to Earth. To the guys on belay down there too. Yeah, yeah, holding the rope, and I'm underneath the aircraft now. And hanging they call like that a, possum. I'm a I'm pot. I'm a yeah, possum. They call it possum. And so the aircraft had to land, and I learned something from that unique experience. I'm not going to be the first guy out on the skid anymore. <laughs> so I got recycled. Like <laughs> a few weeks later, I had to go back and do that part again. Oh, that's and funny. I'm like, when he when they gave me the signal positions, yeah. I looked at the other three like, like yeah, you first, knuckleheads. Yeah. And then I, anyway, but then I got recycled. Two times I got recycled. Air assault school where you repel and then I. Parlez vous français. Yeah, I failed a listening exam what? vocabulary. What? I, yeah. It was, the, the word that got me was haricot vert. I don't know. Green beans. Green beans. Now I see it on every menu and every little restaurant What's anywhere. It? How did you do? How did you do on that little that fake language test? When I when, did really well. Did you really? Yeah. yeah. It's they have, to get into DLI. They give you, they make a fake language yeah. and they test you on it. And you're like, I've never heard any of this. Yeah. So what they do is they say in this in this language, verbs end with the sound e, and subjects end with the sound o. <laughs> Which of the following sentences is correct when subjects follow verbs? And then they go, Yeah. Which makes something up. And then eventually you'll hear, And you're like, I think that was it. But I did, I did well on that joke group. But it's crazy. But I wrote, I wrote like all the rules down. Like, okay, E, O, uh. It's derived, I think, from... Turkish or something. <laughs> I mean, it's whoever made that up. I think they were just a bunch of Saturday Night Live writers yeah. just making up this it's fake Klingon. But that's what they use to screen you to see if you're capable of learning. Yeah, not a familiar language, but a foreign language. So I used to tell the cadets at West Point, this is not a familiar language class. This is a foreign language class, like a, having something foreign in your eye. It's not familiar. Well, I am headed to. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to go 281 or 35. 281 or 35? What time you got to be up there? Bucky and I, uh, the game's at 5 o'clock. Okay. Uh, Central. We only work in is Central pre- time. Is there a pregame? Well, Fry and I are supposed to go up in the booth and meet with Greg oh. Olson for a little bit before the game. Um, but my buddy, Kirk Godby, he sent me a video last night. There were 8,800. It was a record crowd last night for that little our little ballpark there. Oh. It's nothing like the dish. And the line, it was a cray-cray line. I mean, it just kept going on and on. How many people you got out there line. on the patio? I think we could probably fit, I don't, I'm going to guess, 30, 40. Okay. Maybe, maybe, maybe a little tight. Well, on the way up Look there, listen to the Will Roman on uh, Morty Unleashed. Morty Unleashed, your podcast. Yeah, come on up. Hey. We'll see you on the high ground. Always look on the right side of life. For life is quite absurd, and death's the final word. You must always face the curtain with a bow. Forget about your scene, give the audience a grin. Enjoy it, your life chance anyhow. So always look on the bright side of death. Just before you draw your turn.